0: Welcome back to the Thinking Theologically podcast, the show where we teach you how and why uh, you should think theologically. I'm one of your hosts, Jack Dodgen, joined by our resident theologian in training, Spencer Shaw. Spencer, how are you doing? Good. I'm.
1: You know, you, when you said that, it makes me think, hopefully one day we'll still be doing this podcast when we can take the in-training away. Uh,
0: no, we're I, always
1: in training. I don't. Yes, but at at some point, I think maybe we can like Do you want to end the title in in 20 years <laughs> uh
0: so but 20 years okay hey uh, why don't you change you should change your uh your twitter handle to spencer shaw resident theologian and that's training. a long twitter handle i'll think about I'm it i'm not on twitter anymore it uses all the character limit for your your name but that's all right uh i don't know if you can tell if you are listening to this but uh allergies have hit both of us oklahomans uh here uh a little rough we'll apologize for any uh sniffling coughing stuff hopefully we'll be able to to mute uh where we can so that it's not too prevalent but yeah it's just allergies i welcome the rain co- i welcome the covid rain.
1: vaccines
0: <laughs> yeah it's just weather like
1: a- <laughs> where it's like Gonna get down into the 30s tonight and be in the mid 70s on se- on Friday. I mean, it's just a disaster up here.
0: Sign of the times, things are weird, but we're still recording and we're still continuing on uh, with our series on idolatry. What are you worshiping today? We're gonna talk about God or the Bible should be a good discussion if you want to hear our previous episodes you can find those anywhere that you get your podcasts uh, and if you have questions for us comments for us uh, suggestions for future episodes you can email us at strongchurchministries@gmail.com at gmail.com or get a hold of us on Facebook get a hold of Spencer on Twitter too if you want uh, and uh, send us those things there uh, we've we've talked about uh, we've talked about worship I believe in the last episode, uh, we we focused on worship. Uh, we focused on uh, what was our other topic? Do you remember the church? The church. That's right. Uh, God or the church. God or worship. Uh, and then here at at God or the Bible. I, I think it's been a good series so far. Uh, we haven't had any people hate it, so they must love it. That, that, that <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and loving that's what it. I'm going for. That. <laughs> Keeps me going. that's my so. theology of that's my theology of uh, press for podcasts is uh, no news is good news. That's how I feel about that. All right, we're talking about the Bible because, uh, as we'll discuss here in a moment, we place a a very high value on the Bible, which is good. But uh, just like anything else we talked about, idolatry is when something transgresses the the proper boundary that has been. Set on it. And we can even do that with, with the Bible, with Scripture itself. So, uh, Spencer, talk to us a little bit about, uh, as we get started here, h- how can we take the Bible too far?
1: Yeah, so th- this comes on the heels, as you said, of everything else we've been talking about. Uh, worship, very important. Uh, the church, very important. Scripture, very important. All things that are important, all things that are essential part of our lives as Christians, as followers of of Jesus. But as you said, when we put anything, even if it's central religious things in the wrong place, in this case, we place them above God, then we have the problem of idolatry. And that was true as we looked at, at times with the church, at times with worship, and here at times with the Bible. And like any of those other things, the Bible is important. And we in Churches of Christ have always been people who, rightly so, hold the Bible in high regard. The Bible is important to us. I think one of the primary ways that you see that is it's interesting that if you speak to professors of religion or biblical studies or theology or anything like that at any university, really throughout the world, They'll tell you that students who grew up in a restoration church, that is a church that's some way connected to the restoration movement, so it wouldn't be limited to churches of Christ, Christian church, disciples of Christ, sure, yeah, yeah. students who grew up in one of those churches connected to the restoration movement always have the most knowledge of the Bible. They'll talk about how a lot of their students don't know a lot of the basic stories In scripture when they get to school when they have students in their classes for the first time but students who grew up in those restoration churches like ours who grew up in churches of christ for example always have that knowledge always have much more knowledge than their other students it's uh, interesting one of the most well-known biblical scholars in the world is a guy by the name of Scott McKnight, and McKnight was on campus at Oklahoma Christian a couple years ago, and I was able to go to his lecture. He was talking about a new book that he had come out with on ministry, and he made that comment to us that he could always tell students that he was having for the first time that came from a Church of Christ background because of their knowledge of the Bible, which was much more Mm. than any of his other students. And this isn't a Church of Christ guy, this is one of the best scholars in the world, teaching at, I believe, uh, Northern Seminary, one of the most profound seminaries in the country, who recognizes how important scripture is to us, which was just an amazing thing for me to hear. And that ought to make sense to us when we think about how our churches generally spend their time. Uh, For most of us, when we think about what our church spends time with, we probably at minimum hold two worship services every week, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and two Bible classes, a Sunday school on Sundays and some kind of Bible class on Wednesdays. And we probably have more than that going on. Maybe men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies, uh, youth Bible studies. I mean, we we study the Bible all the time because the Bible is important to us. And the reason that the Bible is important to us is because we recognize that the Bible is the Word of God, that the the Bible is the primary and normative witness to the redemptive work of God's self-revelation in Jesus Christ. And that's important because I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I know I say it all the time here at my church that we get glimpses of God in all kinds of places. Uh, Maybe the best Mm. way for us to think about that is creation. We think of Psalm 19, for example, Psalmist is speaking about how we can see God in creation. But how's the primary way that we know God? What's the normative standard for us speaking about God? Well, it's the Bible, the Bible that witnesses and speaks to the redemptive work of God when he revealed himself in Jesus Christ. And so through the Bible, we encounter Jesus. We encounter through the word of Scripture, the living word. And in the living word, in Jesus, we see the picture of the way humanity has been created and designed by God to live. And then we receive instructions in how not only to take part in that redemptive life through Jesus, but also how to live in that redemptive way of life that's found through Jesus. Jesus is at the heart of scripture because Jesus is at the heart of the gospel. It's interesting. I was actually reading a book the other day by Scott McKnight. It's interesting that I mentioned him as an example, and he was talking about how when you look at the way that Paul defines what the gospel is, at the center of the gospel is Jesus. It's not redemption. It's not salvation. Normally, when we define the gospel, it's all about God saving us through Jesus. But McKnight argues, and I think rightly so, that for Paul, it was the opposite. First, it's Jesus, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and therefore that means redemption, that means salvation. It goes from Jesus to salvation, not salvation to Jesus. Jesus is where it all starts. That's why our salvation makes sense, that's why the Bible is important, because it witnesses to, it points us to, it allows us to encounter Jesus, who provides all those other things for us, who provides us redemption, who provides us salvation. But while the Bible is important, for all these reasons and we recognize its importance bible knowledge for knowledge's sake is contrary to the kingdom of god because the purpose of us studying the bible is not to know what the bible says but like everything else we've been talking about in the series it's to allow the bible to transform our Lives. We don't read and study the Bible to know what it says. We read and study the Bible to encounter God, to encounter Jesus, to allow our lives through the Spirit to be transformed to look more like Jesus, to look more like Mm. God. We've said transform, I don't know how many times in this series, and we're going to keep doing it because that's the purpose of all these things. It's the purpose of the church, the purpose of worship, and the purpose of the Bible is to transform us and to change us. And if We make the point of the Bible anything else other than encountering God and allowing ourselves to be transformed. If we view it in any other way, we have the Bible in the wrong place, and we run this risk that we're going to talk about here in just a moment of making the Bible an idol.
0: Yeah, when we do this with uh, Scripture, and I think we said this with with the idea of worship as well, um, we said of worship, you you don't have worship, you have something else entirely. We don't know what it is, but it's not worship uh, if you don't have these elements that match. Same idea here, if the Bible is just for knowledge sake, then it falls short of what the power of Scripture is to change not only our lives, but the lives of others. And so if we're just knowing it better, but it isn't producing anything in our lives, our Bible study has been empty. It hasn't produced anything. There is truth as well to if there is no knowledge, but there's all of this uh, this action, then the action is without foundation. Uh, or without the proper foundation anyway. Uh, And so again, Bible has its place, and Spencer and I are both saying that. Very important, has its spot, but we need to find out what the proper place is, uh, how to use it incorrectly, uh, so that we don't make that mistake. Uh, I know that we have some passages to consider. We have uh, a couple in our notes, but there's many that come to our mind as we discuss this. Before we get into those, uh, what are some did did you come up with uh bibliolatry that's is that your no, word no that's
1: an actual word which might surprise okay. people that cuz it and and I was going to say this you know when we say making the bible an idol i i assume and i maybe i'm wrong but i also assume that with our other ones that some people's first reaction is well how can you make the bible an idol like what we just talked about being the word of god witnessing to jesus through whom you know we find how to take part in that redemptive life how to live in that redemptive way how can the bible be an idol well we actually there's actually an english word to refer to making the bible an idol so it's not hmm. i didn't make up the word and we're not just making up this problem because we actually bibliolatry is a you can google it it's it's a
0: word cool it's cool i learned something it's there <laughs> great <laughs> tell tell us a little bit of the symptoms of what bibliolatry is.
1: Yeah, and obviously by that we're talking about making the Bible an idol, right? Worshipping uh scripture and I liked what you said about the some of the comments you made about just knowing the Bible because if it if the Bible doesn't or can't transform us. In other words, if God and the Spirit and Jesus are not active in our Study and living out of the the Bible, then the Bible just becomes like a history textbook, right? I mean, you you, you, mm-hmm. you can get a textbook, mm-hmm. you can read a textbook, you can gain some some knowledge, but there's not a whole lot going on there. Uh, there's nothing more than that, and that's what we make the the Bible when we forget the transformation portion, and as I said, we run that risk of making the Bible into an idol. And the the Bible can become an idol when we get into kind of the mindset of, where well, we just want to know what the Bible says. We, we don't care much about being transformed or learning more about God or developing our relationship with God or anything like that. It's all about, well, I just want to know as much as the Bible says, and we're not very concerned about God. Well, now the Bibles kind of become our God. That's become the most important thing to us, not God, and the Bible is now an idol for us. Um, we also see it in when we focus so much on following the Bible that we forget about following Jesus. The purpose of being people who strive to follow the Bible is because we want to be followers of Jesus. We want to look more like Jesus. Again, The point of the Bible is to point us to Jesus. The point of the Bible is to witness to Jesus. And so if we're focused on following the Bible and we forget about following Jesus, then it's no longer Jesus that we're worshiping, but now we're worshiping the Bible. Even though the purpose of the Bible is to follow it, to get us to Jesus. That's, again, as you mentioned earlier, that's not us saying that you don't follow the Bible. It's we follow the Bible in order to be followers of Jesus. And that's important because we can understand, you can follow the Bible and not believe in Jesus. That is a possibility. Yeah. Uh, you can just believe that, well, Jesus wasn't the son of God. God's not real, but you like the ethics of scripture. And so you follow them. That doesn't right. make you a Christian just because you follow the Bible. What makes you a Christian is your belief and faith in Jesus that manifests itself in following Scripture and allowing Scripture to transform you, bear the fruit of the Spirit to transform you to look like Jesus. And that's kind of leads to my third symptom of, we believe that following the Bible is what gets us to heaven, and again, we forget about Jesus. Following the Bible's not what saves you. Jesus saves you. But how do we learn about Jesus? How do we learn about how Jesus does that and how we take part in the salvation offered us by Jesus? Well, that's through the Bible. So you can't ever get away from the significance of the Bible. And, And I'm hoping that everyone listening realizes how important the Bible is, how important we believe the Bible to be. But the Bible doesn't get us to heaven. Jesus gets us to heaven. Again, you can follow Scripture and not believe in Jesus, doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you saved just because you follow what the Bible says. But it's Jesus that saves us. But again, how do we learn about Jesus? How do we understand the redemptive work of Jesus? How do we learn how to take part in that? It's all through the Bible, which witnesses and points us to Jesus. The Bible only exists, and it's only important because of Jesus. If Jesus is insignificant, then the Bible is insignificant. There's no point in it. There's no point in reading it, studying it, or following it. But if we believe in Jesus, then we're going to be people who read and study and follow the Bible because it points us to Jesus. But we have to keep that as our primary goal, looking to Jesus, developing a relationship with Jesus, putting our faith and our belief in Jesus, and trying, again, to be transformed and to be changed, to look more like Jesus, an illustration of this that I like, I, I heard from a Bible professor at Harding. He said that the Bible is our map, not the territory. And by that, he means that the, the Bible is meant to be a map leading us to a territory, but the Bible itself is not the territory. In other words, knowing the Bible is not the, ends, the end, but it's a means to an end, in the same way that... When you have a map because you want to go from point A to point B, the purpose of the map isn't just to know the map, right? You can sit there and have the map memorized but never end up in your destination if you don't go anywhere. The purpose of the map is to get Mm. you from point A to point B. It's to get you to the territory. It's to get you to the destination. You have to know the map and you have to use the map to get there. But just knowing the map doesn't get you there. You actually have to get up and go. And that's what the Bible does. The point of the Bible is not just to know the Bible, but it's to get up and get us somewhere else. It's a means to an end. And the end, the territory, the destination, is transformation to look like Jesus through a relationship with Jesus that comes about through Scripture, through the Bible. But again, the purpose isn't just to know it. But it's to cause us to get up and go and do something with it. It's to get us
0: to Jesus. And there's a uh, there was a parallel that entered into my mind about uh, numbers and uh, the moving towards the promised land. But there's this all this time of wandering, and during their time of wandering, those forty years, uh, there's uh, they encounter God in incredible ways throughout. Like there's God providing here, and God providing in this way, and God doing this stuff with uh, the nations around them, et cetera, et cetera. So there's there's things that they could point to and go, "Look at all the wonderful things that God is doing." Uh, but they were still wandering, uh, and they got they got caught up in the things that were going on around them and saying, "Well, God's doing good stuff." You know, this is uh, just just look at what He's doing. But that's not where they were meant to be there was something so much better. Uh, similarly, we can get caught up in Bible study and go, wow. Yeah. And my, my favorite thing is to be in a Bible class and go, I've never heard that before. Like I, I didn't know that was there. You know, holy cow. That's awesome. I, I love learning the new thing, but sometimes we can get caught up in the study aspect and go, wow, that's God's amazing. I didn't know that was there. This is something new. It completely changes this, that, or the other thing. Or uh, I have to go back and study more because I just didn't. And we can get so caught up in that that we forget, okay, how does this affect your Christ relationship? Uh, Or is this just a knowledge thing? We we wander uh, in the Bible. And as his illustration uh, said there, we get caught up in this, wandering instead of getting to the territory uh itself well i uh, just go ahead I,
1: I was gonna say i i think about we can think about it in relationships with other people right you know your the the more you learn about your spouse what does that tend to do it tends to strengthen and develop your relationship but it doesn't always right you have to allow it to do that Sure, and so
0: you have to do something it's, with it yeah
1: it, sometimes we can go to the extreme of, well, there's no point in learning anything about the Bible that doesn't have a specific application. And I don't believe that either, because I believe the more we learn about the Bible, the more we learn about God. And that develops our relationship and strengthens our relationship with God. But even there, we have to allow it to do so. Even if it's something that's a cool piece of knowledge, that there's not an immediate application that I can go out and do today— we still have to allow that to develop a relationship with God, and if there is an application to go out and do it today, I need to be, we need to be people who go out and do it today, because again, otherwise, we just let the knowledge sit there and don't do anything with it, and that's not the purpose.
0: Well, and as and we'll, we'll get to a couple verses here in just a moment, but even uh, that not being the purpose, that is an extreme uh, selfishness uh, to gain more information about God and then say this is nice I'm going to hold this uh, for myself uh, and not do anything with it that's that's never the that's never the Christian life uh, this is meant to be a sharing of the story a sharing of this message uh, and so to go and study learn something new and then hold that to ourselves is just Complete selfishness and the direct opposite of the mission of Christ uh, to spread this this big message here and transform not only ourselves, but others. Uh, and if you don't like the word transform, uh, buckle up <laughs> because Romans 12, <laughs> uh, if you were, if I hope you were thinking of this verse, because this speaks exactly to what we were, were talking about here Uh Spencer, you want to get into Romans 12, Yeah, I, 1 and 2 here? As
1: you kind of said, I I, I steal the word transformed from Paul, so don't get mad at me, get mad at Paul, because uh, yep. he liked <laughs> that word. Uh, yes, a, a passage that we probably think about, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, But be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what I like about that is I want to focus for a moment on him talking about the renewal of the mind. If you read through Paul, Paul has a lot to say about the mind and thinking. It comes up in pretty much every single one of his letters. Think in this way. Think in... Like God. Think in the way of the gospel. Because Paul understands that our actions begin in the mind. We have to change the way that we think before our actions follow. We don't do anything that doesn't begin, whether consciously or unconsciously, as a thought in our mind. So, Paul is persistent about transforming our minds by changing the way that we think. And so th- that's where we start to understand even more, I think, the significance of Scripture. That's what our study of God's Word, not just that, but our fellowship, our time with, with God's creation, our acts of service, I think all of those things go about renewing our mind, changing the way that we think. But one of those things, one of the most important things is Scripture. Scripture change be, should begin to change the way that we think. But again, what's Paul, why does Paul emphasize that? Because it results in change in actions. He says that rather than being conformed to this world, rather than looking like the world and living like the world, we need to be transformed to do the will of God, to do what is good and acceptable and perfect. And how does that happen? Well, it begins with the renewal of the mind. The, a change in the way that we think results in a change in the way that we live. And you see that over and over and over in Paul, but those things are never disconnected. Paul never says, change your thinking, but that doesn't impact your life. Paul is always, your life must change, therefore change your thinking. Paul always begins with the life, it seems to me. The the, the Mm -hmm. purpose is a transformed life to look like Christ. And he says, now how do we do that? Well, it's by changing our minds. It's by renewing our minds, changing our thinking. Paul really doesn't start with the thinking and then move to the life. It always starts with the life and moves back to the way it begins in our thinking. And I could give, like I said, I could give passages in every single one of Paul's letters where he says something like this. But another one yes. specifically with Scripture is one that we'd like to go to for Scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, Where Paul says Mm -hmm. that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What does Paul say there? All Scripture is breathed out by God. We've talked about that. The Scripture is the Word of God. It witnesses to the living Word of God. It points us to Jesus. Therefore, it's profitable. For what? For teaching There's that mind thing, that knowledge thing that we've talked about is important, Mm -hmm. right? Because that leads to a change in action. It's profitable for teaching, but also for what? For reproof, for correction. That's action things, right? Correcting, changing the way that we live. It's for training in righteousness, that the the Word of God is to train us how to live a righteous life. And that's all for what? That the man, that the person of God— may be complete how are we complete well we're equipped for every good work what's scripture paul is saying scripture is the word of god and so it can be used in all of these ways but what's the purpose it's that we may be fully equipped for good works fully equipped in other words to live for god that's what paul says the purpose of scripture is and again you get there through teaching through the change of our minds for the purpose of what? Pointing us to Jesus, transforming our lives to look like him.
0: Hmm. Yeah, there's uh, this uh, idea with uh, what you mentioned, Romans 12. I I thought of uh, a, I I think serve as a good contrast uh, to illustrate this point. Uh, Repentance, that that word is, uh, deals with a change of mind leading to a change of action, which is exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, what Paul talks about for the Christian going through Bible study is what we talk about in reference to uh, the sinner turning things around and going the opposite direction. Change their mind with belief in God that leads to change of action. Uh, and how many times have we talked about how can you know who God is and then not do anything about it? How can you have heard about him uh, and then not give your life over to him. And we can very easily call that out and say that's absurd. You know, get, give your life to Jesus. You know about him, do something about that. And yes, <laughs> we agree. That's Paul's point here too, for the believer. You are God's person, and you are hearing about him in his word. Do something about it. Uh, and we can very easily identify one of those as, how can you not respond to the things that you have heard? Uh, and that same idea is true with us as far as Bible study. How can we sit and learn and grow in knowledge and then do nothing with it? We've, we, we've got something horribly wrong uh, if we can't see both of those things uh, in a very consistent way. And that's that's Paul's appeal to the the non believer when they hear do something with the knowledge. Uh, that's what Paul says to the believer: do something with uh, that knowledge. And that's that's really what we're trying to get into. Is not uh, s- churches should stop studying, uh, but we should study a different way. And I th- I think you want to wrap up with uh, with that idea, right? So yeah hear-
1: i i I like the the comment that you said about. You know, when we learn about God, when we encounter God, that really the only thing that can happen is it can change us. I I have a professor and I like what he says. He uses John's gospel as an example of this because John tells us towards the end what the point of his gospel is where he says uh, yes, that yes. that you may believe. Now there's debate about how that should be translated. It can be translated that you may believe or that you may go on believing. So there's debate about, mm. is John's gospel written that non-believers come to believe or that believers keep on believing? Because that can mean either one equally, and there's nothing contextually that makes us choose one or the other necessarily. Sure. So I just want to put that out because uh, this statement is more based on the idea of non-believers coming to belief, but it can also be go the other way. But he always says that, so because of that, if you read John's gospel and you don't believe, then you didn't read it right. And I think we can say that about scripture in general. If you read scripture and you're not transformed, you didn't read it right. If you don't walk Mm. away looking more like Jesus, kind of like with worship, I don't know what you did, but you didn't study the Bible. Like if you leave worship without being transformed, (laughs) you didn't worship. And I I don't know what happened there, but it wasn't worship. It wasn't studying the Bible if that transformation doesn't occur. And it's not God's fault that it didn't happen, right? It's not that... We, we study the Bible where we go to worship and God slept in and forgot to show up and so we weren't transformed we, we didn't have any encounter with God or anything like that. that that's not it's it's because we slept in it's because uh we showed up late right it's because of us uh, God yep. God yep. doesn't fail we're the ones that that fail and so how do we think about this? in regards to to how we as individuals, how we collectively as as churches study the, the Bible. And this is one thing that I firmly believe. And there may be several of you that want to disagree with me on this, and that's fine. But I firmly believe that the church as a whole, that we spend too much time studying the Bible and that we tend to know way too much about the Bible because we have yet to begin scratching the surface of actually living what we know. It's easy for us to study and to know the Bible, but it's a lot more difficult for us to actually put those things into practice. I Mm. I say this all the time here at my church. We talk too much and we do too little. We want to talk about the Bible all the time, but we never actually want to do anything with it. We spend very little time, if any, for some of us maybe, actually living out the Bible. And so that that goes back to something that we said over and over. It's not that we need to stop studying the Bible, right? Because through the Bible, witnesses to Jesus, we encounter God, we're pointed to Jesus. As Paul says, it allows our minds to be changed, our thinking to be changed that results in a change in living. The, the, The Bible is what does that for us. But again, what's the, the point? If we spend all of our time studying the Bible and know everything the Bible has to say, but don't do anything with it, then it was pointless. All that knowledge is pointless. We've missed the purpose of the Bible. But if we spend our time studying, that leads to a change in action, a change in our lives, us actually going out and living out what Scripture says. That's the point. To transform us to look like Jesus, to point us to Jesus. And as we think about ourselves and our time with Scripture, we need to make sure that we're studying to then go out and live more like Jesus in the real world.
0: Uh, On that idea of of looking, I want to Uh, close with uh, these few verses out of uh, James 1 that that come to mind with what we're talking about. Uh, But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing." Uh, if, if we're going to Bible study and be confronted with this perfect law, be confronted with the picture of what image bearers of God should look like, and then we leave it going, that was you know, quite nice, uh, and we don't let it do anything, uh, then we have, we have failed in the process of, of Bible study and what it's meant to do to change us to look more like Jesus Christ, uh, thanks for joining us. I, I think this was a good, good study. Uh, our, our third on uh, idolatry, bibliolatry, uh, and looking today, we have one more. Uh, as far as, uh, as far as we know right now, let's put it that we have one more asterisk. There might be more on the idolatry. I'll come up with That's some funny. more. I'm sure. <laughs> we've got plenty of ideas to talk about but we're more than happy to talk about maybe some suggestions uh, you might have for us uh, you can send those to us at strong at gmail.com you can message us on on facebook on our, our personal uh, accounts you can also get a hold of spencer there on twitter we'd love to hear from you and what you think uh, and thank you very much for listening not just to this episode but to others for sharing those and Uh, bringing more listeners uh, this way to the podcast. I'm Jack. That's Spencer. We'll see you next time.